the least is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. Welcome back to the Houston Dynapod podcast. I'm your host, Finister, and this is going to be the first actual full-length episode in like two weeks. It's uh, it's getting hard to say the same shit over and over. It's getting to the point where there's not many times where we're surprised. Like versus LAFC, we were surprised. But I didn't really feel like talking a whole lot about that game because all it reminded me of was getting robbed. However, I owe it to the people that listen, all seven of you, uh, to put out a new episode. Because uh, I guess something different happened last night. We we went out to up to Seattle on the turf. We trotted out teenagers and we walked away. Two teenagers, actually. One who's 26 and one who's 17. And we walked away with two to one loss. But uh, I, I, it's not the way I thought it would go. I did not. Eric, what did you, uh, OSG, old soccer guys here with me. What, what did you think going into it? Because I was, man, I was. I was pretty positive after the LAFC win. What about you? Uh, optimistic as always. What's going on, Phil? Thanks for the invite again, as always. I, I'm always optimistic, but at the same time, we've seen that the boys consistently are inconsistent. They can play, they can play well, but they'll find a way to lose. Uh, they can play well, but they'll win the game against LA, or they're just they're just horrible. And so I'm optimistic going into Seattle, but. It was in Seattle, and Seattle's a tough team, and it's still a road game, long travels. You know, I didn't predict a win. I predicted a 2-1 loss to Seattle, but, uh, I, you know, shit. It's, I, I think it's kind of what, what I really expected Seattle to dominate possession, and uh, I thought we were going to sit back a little more because that's what we're used to, but at least the, the boys tried. They gave an effort to get forward. They didn't sit back and park the bus as much as they could. True. You know, if we're, a if, good we're, team. if we're consistently inconsistent, then aren't we consistently inconsistent? So we're, we're consistent in one way, right? <laughs> like we're consistently right, impotent in the final third. That That's really what, <laughs> that's what it boils down to is we are, for lack of a better term, we are impotent. We are barren in the final third. Like we are unable to create life and it's, fuck, it's frustrating, but I don't know, man. I thought I thought they overran us in the midfield, but you know, going into it, I I thought we could get a result, at least a point. And then when we scored that weird ass Coco goal, I was also shocked that he didn't immediately park the bus. We played off and we allowed him, you know, space on the outside, but we let him cross in, and the crosses didn't hurt us. Like what we were allowing them to do didn't hurt us. It was the stuff that we wanted to stop that they beat us with, the stuff inside in the box. You know, slop, picking up the sloppy balls, <laughs> sloppy balls, picking up the uh, the spilled balls <laughs> and all that stuff. But no, I mean, I was OK. So when it was one to one and Paulo made those subs. He subbed out. He subbed out Reigns. He made offensive subs like he was chasing a, w- a win. Did you notice that the subs he made? He didn't put in. He didn't really make defensive subs. He put in Quinones. He put in Thor. He put in uh, range that he didn't have a choice. And then who are the other two? So he made range. Bartlow and Teenage. 
Yeah, that's right. Bar- yeah, that's right. Barlow with TD. Yeah, so he made. I mean, you can argue that Reigns going forward offers every bit as every bit as much as Memo, even though he really doesn't, but he will. And then Quinones, I think, has been he's been tits. He's been good. I like him. Like I think I think he's a, he's a swing and a hit. And Thor, like we made offensive subs at one to one, we ended up losing. I just when I saw that, I was just like, man, this is now the people that have been screaming and bitching about him parking the bus are going to say this. You should have parked the bus instead of make offensive subs on the road with a tie game. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I think I heard that once too, or someone said it. I'm just, I didn't even interact. It's just, come on. You guys are never friggin' happy no matter what, what route we take. Cause I think you're right. I think even the, the last game prior to the LA game, or was that what I forget, but he, he made, he made different type of subs with Quinones coming in, and he didn't just sit back and, like you said, park the bus. He, he kept going forward. So when he has uh, better play options, he makes maybe he makes better subs, and he's been trapped with what he has to use all season. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Joey, what do you think, man? Do you think uh, – what was your outlook going into the Dynamo game considering Arsenal just lost? Oh, I was thinking we were going to win then. That's what history does. I know somebody posted that. That when Arsenal lose, the Dynamo lose. Now we win, right? Yeah, we usually win. That's right. Well, I guess we even don't bump that one. I was going to root for Arsenal to lose the rest of the season. <laughs> I, I root for that. I root for that every season, actually. He's a hey, Joey. He's a Man City fan, which is oh, like, I know. which is like you guys, but worse. But if if Man City were in North London instead of Arsenal, I'd hate them more just because of how much money they spent. I would. And we spent a lot of money too. Yeah, dude, not as much as Chelsea on deadline day. What did they spend? Like 150 million dollars? Oh, yeah, they're a little crazy. They spent they they spent 60 million more net than Spurs. Like in two days than Spurs spent in the whole fucking window. And this was one where we opened up the chest. So yeah, 90, like, 90 million on one player. It's ridiculous. Who the fuck in the world is worth 90? Holland is, Mbappe is, Kane, <laughs> Salah. Like you can name them on two hands. The guys, who the fuck, who did they even buy? I don't oh, even know him. Fofana. For $90 million. $92 million, yes. Fuck. Jesus. He's a good Ma- center back, but that's, that's a bit much. Jack Grealish cost $100 million. Let's keep that in mind. And yeah. he, they overpaid, but he is worth more than whoever the fuck Chelsea brought in. But no, okay, back to Dynamo. Shit, Joey, what was your what was your outlook going in, man? I thought we were going to win. I really did. Riding the high from last week, Seattle been terrible, like terrible lately, especially late in games. So I, I thought I thought we were going to ride the momentum and actually pick a win, and we yeah. didn't. That's yeah, so I was. We looked like uh, we looked like the Dynamo of old. Like I thought, when you look and you break it down and you look at the stats and you look at the amount of possession and passes and shots, uh, we didn't we didn't park the bus, but Jesus, we uh, we didn't do ourselves any favors going forward. So I can tell that Joey had to mute his mic because I heard Joey in the background. But I want to get, <laughs> dude. It's okay. One time we had a, I think I, you've probably heard this story. Colin's mom, Colin from Keeping Tabs, 
his mother came in the room. It's crazy, man. I don't ever know how old like most people are that I talk to, but I've gotten the habit of asking, especially when one told me he was 18 and I was like, whoa. Then another was like, I'm 17. I said, oh no, can't be doing that one. But <laughs> So Joey, up until Memo got hurt, I know you watched it because I was hollering at you on Twitter to go watch it so you could get on here. Up until Memo yep. got hurt, what did you think? Because it was a different game after. I thought we looked really good. I thought Baird looked really good. See, I didn't see him touch the ball much in the first half. Maybe I missed the first 15. I thought, and, I thought Baird looked, looked pretty good all game, really. Yeah, he rated out okay, but you're the, you're the stats guy. In the first half, didn't it appear early like we were playing, focusing it down the left? Yeah, we did. We did do that. We did both. Though. I thought Memo got really involved. I thought Fafa was really involved, and he did nothing, but he was really involved. Well, that's him every game. Sometimes he does stuff. He didn't do anything this game. He was like he did absolutely nothing. Yo, know, he was vintage Fafa. And in my mind, like every time he yells, I hear his like he's because he's got a different voice. He's got a Frankie Valley. If Frankie Valley was a Dominican, like anybody's gonna know what Frankie fucking Valley sounds like. Anyway, if you have culture and you know what Frankie Valley sounds like, he sounds like the Dominican Frankie Valley. So when I picture him yelling at the rep, it's like it's like Ricky Ricardo but higher pitched. So it makes me laugh. Eric, you probably know who I'm talking about. Ricky Ricardo. Yeah, and who was the other one I said before that? Frankie Valley. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that, I can't even remember the name of the shows. But... Oh, Frankie Valley was, uh, yeah, what... he did, he did, uh, what is it? Jersey Boys is a big Broadway thing. He sings Sherry Baby. He's got that real high pitched voice, that, that falsetto. But, Eric, what'd you think about the game up until Memo got hurt? I can't believe we're talking about how losing Memo Rodriguez negatively affected a game, but what did you think? It was, it was just a, a you know, it, it was a gritty performance up, up into that substitution because the, the sides of the, the mistakes that we kept making coming out of the back, giving Seattle the ball back, we were re- rejecting everything that Seattle was putting down the, down the shoot, Stairs was, you know, Parker was doing all right. I think Vera was had an actual good game, and then Coco was playing pretty well. But I, I, we just, they're, they're, the unit played well, and the, the team was playing well enough, but uh, we just kept giving up too many, too, the, the, trying to attack, giving up too many outlets, and just giving Seattle the ball back. And it just, it really, I still felt like Seattle had the game, and, and it just felt like it was coming. It was coming, and of course, our history—we're up one nothing. We're going to lose two to one. I think it's set in stone this year, for some reason. It, it seems that way. It seems like it seems like Paulo has turned the Tynamo into the lose a little mo. <laughs> but I mean, he's did like I I, I noticed it. He's made the correct subs. It was one-to-one. He didn't go defensive. He went offensive. He went after all three fucking points. Like what? I don't understand what people want. We have a lead and he makes the defensive subs. He's doing that to protect the lead. That's the smart decision because he's playing for the three points. Argue what you want. He changed his look. But it's one-to-one and he made offensive subs. It didn't pay off because it never fucking does because we have backups and not options. But he made, I think he made the correct call. And if you looked at the bench, so... When I saw Reigns come in, I was like, who 
who else is on the bench? There's nobody but DQ. And DQ is not a guy that you're going to, I'm sorry, he's not. You're not going to put in Darwin Quintero, who's a primarily offensive player, and then go end up with a uh, basically five guys playing defense, essentially, because Darwin's not going to do it. You know, I mean, there was Betty nobody. Phil, Darwin, Darwin, Darwin's only played 16 minutes in the last four games. Yeah, something's up. Some, Bart, Bartlow would have been that move right there in the first half of the league. Well, I mean, subbing out because he could play that d- defensive mid role instead of putting in Reigns at that point because that's that was dangerous for Reigns coming in. I, I guess I know he was coming in at some point, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that was that was a little too early for Reigns to come in. But I, what, yeah, I he was awful. Out. He wasn't great. He, I mean, he was seventeen, right? Can we all agree? He oh played yeah, like I'm a not seventeen. Hate on him. He played like no, a seventeen-year-old against. Him, he was pretty awful, dude. There was. The, I'd mentioned it in my 15 minutes. He he made a pass and there was no no not a lot of pressure and it went right, I mean, right to Seattle. And then he just kind of yeah lollygagged. He just after. dribbled, he dribbled it up and then just passed on the ball and just disappeared. But here's here's like what I've noticed. Oh no, go ahead, Joe. My bad. So he just he looked like he just didn't want to be there. That's kind of what it looked like to me. Like he wasn't prepared. Oh shit. It's his first professional appearance. I mean, I don't think you're ever. The Open Cup is close-ish, right? But he didn't play against MLS he, teams. He played against Kansas City. Did he really? Yeah. Well, I mean, are they an MLS team? They're better he, than us. So, yeah, they are. Yeah. And they, he looked fine <laughs> we'll in that game. Find too. out Saturday. Gonna, we're going to win that one. But, hey, look, this is one thing I'm starting to notice now. It appears like the experimental phase of our relationship with Paulo is over. Because he's playing players that are in their correct positions. And Bartlow is not a defensive midfielder. He's a center back by trade who also has played defensive mid, just like Thor is a striker who's played on the wing. So I think when he's looking at the bench, it seems to me like that's why we've seen Corey Baird again. It's back to let's play these guys where they're supposed to be and see what happens. And I think we've looked better with him not experimenting. What do you think, OSG? You know, yeah, you could be right. I wish I wish Baird could perform a little better and that not be as high. <laughs> Him making a couple good runs and a couple good crosses and maybe a shot. Uh, but but I guess that that is what it is when that's the players that you still have at your at your helm. But you know, I I think you're right. Is people need to just leave Naga alone. He didn't make any mistakes this game that really stood out. It was you know just player ability that ended up losing the game and no credit to Seattle who kept pushing and kept pushing. They even missed a PK that could have made it three to one. That would have been killer. You know, I felt like when they lined up in my head, I was like, Clark is saving this because that to me was a questionable penalty. It didn't look like a hard foul. It looked like he, it didn't even look like he hit him. Maybe it was, maybe it was the things I'd put inside my body while watching the game that were altering my judgment. There was quite a few, but I didn't look like a foul. So and I was thinking Clark's fucking got this. His cock is huge. He is going to save it. And sure as shit, he did. Like he did. But I was also wrong in my prediction about beating them. So what do you think, Joey? You think we've looked better playing guys back where, in my mind, they belong? 100%. 100%. We look so much better with Baird and Fafa out there than we do with Thor and Quintero. Not that the Baird or Fafa are any good, but they're actual wingers. 
and it looks a lot better than Memo out there too. Memo looks so much better in midfield, so so much better. I thought he's been on a great run of form. I think Baird, for what it's worth, last three games, last four games, I think he's been he's been decent. He's been average. He scored against Minnesota. He looked good on Wednesday. He against Colorado. He made some good runs. No one hit him, but he was fine. Didn't he have an assist as well? Or was was it Dorsey to Baird with the assist? I think it was Dorsey to Baird. So fucking Dorsey had an assist and a goal in the same game. No, I know it was a PK. I'm confused. He had the assist against Minnesota. Yeah, so he's got an assist goal, goal involvements in two or three games. Man, who'd have thought that? Like, I mean, when I looked at the roster. Me? Well, it's because you're Joey fucking stats. You know things. That's why you're here. Well, Dorsey. You like Dorsey. I hate his socks. Even my son goes, "What's wrong with his socks?" It's like he's a moron, son. But he, he's got, he's got, he, he'll cross the ball where it needs to go. And apparently, he can shoot with his left. So fucking God has kissed both of his feet, both of his boots, just like Harry Kane. Um, Arsenal would be undefeated if Richarlison was their striker. But I mean, as far Stop as the, I love him, the pigeon. I love the pigeon, and he looks like a pigeon. But uh, yeah, dude, we, we've looked better with people in their <clears throat> spots. But now we get to the big one. And Joe, you kind of voiced your, your opinion on this, but we got to see Brooklyn Reigns. And a couple things I would like to point out. Number one, this is now the second coach who has started somebody else over Marcelo Palomino when the, or a sub them in when the position presented itself. Palomino didn't even make the bench. That worried me when I saw Reigns and not like a Marcelo. Number two, our coach has enough confidence in a 17-year-old boy to put him on the field against the CONCACAF defending champions. So there's something there. I mean, Nagamura has spent time in Europe. He's won five trophies in his career as a player and coach. So he knows what it looks like to have successful players. There's something there with Reigns. And I'm going to say that I don't think there is with Palomino after this, but, but Reigns, dude, part of me was like, all right, fucking got this over with. Also, apparently our rule interpretations were wrong. Joey, what I thought he couldn't play this year. (laughs) That's what I, but they, they did say that they were taking away that rule, like with the regions of the young players or whatever, but I thought that didn't go into effect till next season. So that's where I was confused. But then I guess maybe because it was a short-term call-up, they let it happen. I don't really know. Joey, I'm, I'm just as confused as you guys are. Joey, you're you're supposed to know. Yeah, that. Like that's yeah, Joey. You're supposed I don't to think anyone knows. Does it, no, you're supposed to lie to us in a convincing way <laughs> so we believe you. Even if you don't know, you are Joey Stats. You just tell us how it is, and we're just gonna nod <laughs> in agreement. But I mean, so Joey. Joey knows that the, the rule next year is going away with the homegrown contracts, and so the, the MLS just decided to go ahead and do away with it towards the end of this season to give teams an opportunity to look at their players. I think that's what I heard. Yeah, I didn't I mean I didn't know that. So Joey, you you kind of are doing your job. You can stay. <laughs> and I, Eric, obviously, you didn't know. Did you know any of that? I, no, I, I I was surprised to see him on, on the roster whenever it came out 30 minutes before. And I had no idea, no idea. And the only thing I could like his homegrown, he served his time on his homegrown or whatever. Like you're supposed to play so many hours before you can play with the first team. I, I don't I have no clue. 
I was surprised and I didn't get nobody to look it up and find out what the heck. So I hope Joey's reading the homegrown rules right now. Uh, he's not because he knows them. Oh, he just, just he must have missed it. the ad. He must have missed the added uh, the added rule for Brooklyn Reigns. But I was, I mean, there were times where he looked like he didn't want the ball, and you know, it was his first his first big match. It's a huge match. I mean, there was thirty four thousand people there, so that's going to be. I would imagine the largest crowd he's ever seen and he's going in early. So I was, uh, man, I wasn't, I'm all right. Cause I, I don't know what Busio did in his first, his first appearance. I know what Wayne Rooney did, but I'm okay with it. All right, moving on. So for a long time, I've been against Tim Parker because I think he's been bad. He's been below average. And last night when he got hurt, I went, oh, shit. Then I realized, oh, my, Tim Parker apparently has been playing well <laughs> enough that I'd, I'm going to miss him. Because after he got hurt and Teenage came in, man, I, I feel like we were in bizarro world last night. Like players that were supposed to do a job did not and players that weren't did. And by, you know, Corey Baird was the highest rated forward in the game. That's not normal. But after Parker got hurt, Eric, which was in the 59th minute, I think it was 59th minute, he got subbed out. The game changed drastically. What a, what did you think after Parker got hurt? It was Hadebi that came in, right? Uh, yeah, it was Hadebi, right? It was Hadebi that came in, and I was excited to see Hadebi. You know, it was like, cool, all right, let's, let's do this. I like, you know, Parker's been playing good. I'm okay with it. I'd rather have a Davy on the field. So I, I thought it was going to be a positive, and it ended up being a negative. Uh, a Davy's not fit, not and we're not in form, and uh, him being all over the place maybe just didn't fit in again because the team was playing as a unit. And like you said, he's I think he is Captain Bizarro with the way he plays. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to benefit us, and it, it obviously it, it did not, but. It was good to see Hadebi back in hindsight. Joey, what'd you think? After Parker got hurt, shit hit the fan. No, Hadebi was awful. He was like bad, bad. He really, we should have subbed in Bartlow. I don't understand why why it was Hadebe. Because Hadebe we have a left, not a left footed guy. The left foot. I mean, that's the only reason I can think of. It's a natural fit. You slide Steris over, right? Put a left footed guy on the left side. He just didn't look ready, though. Oh, he's a designated player, I think. Yeah, I agree. He was he was shit. Sorry. Keep going. And he didn't look ready. Bartlow's coming off a, a near man of the match performance against LAFC. I thought I thought Bartlow was phenomenal that game. And I thought Bartlow probably should even start at this game. It just it didn't make sense to me to bring on someone who hasn't played in so long in this crucial of a match. It just—it was just an odd move for me. I think we should maybe brought in Hadebi as well as Bartlow maybe later in the game, but for the to replace Parker then in there, it should have just been Bartlow. Well, I mean, he didn't have a choice. Tim obviously had a problem, and hopefully, well, yeah, hopefully that problem is solved. Man, that sucks because we've seen this in the past where we go in with a plan and it's going well. See Dallas, see Austin. This happened in both. One was a season match, one was a preseason. There was an injury early on. And it all went to shit, which is 
kind of what happened as soon as Parker got hurt. Like we were getting by with rains for memo. Cause that's not a big drop, but your man, teenage was, he made me after last night. I'm just like, buy him down right now. Like figure out a way to fix his contract. Cause that's not what a designated player should be doing. Not at all. I just thought, you know, and why did we take out Steris? Steris has been, he's been doing well back there. He's been contributing offensively. Like, does anybody have any idea why Steris came out? Cause I sure shit don't. No idea. Same. No idea. You never, sometimes you can be very confused as to what Dagamore is thinking when he, he makes his subs. Very confusing. Yeah, but I still trust him, you know, because he sees it day in and day out. And I think he knows. I think he knows what he wants. I just don't think it's working yet. You know, because I don't know which one of you said it earlier, but you're right. Our wingers aren't very good. So what are we expecting? Sebas had shit service again. A couple of times he was able to touch the ball. You notice how they doubled down on him now? He gets oh, the yeah. ball and he's immediately, there's one behind him and one is closing in on him from the front, man. They're just tag teaming him. He had barely any touches. Yeah, we couldn't get the ball into him. I mean, it's the whole, just the whole second half, he didn't touch the ball like at all. Yeah, it was, it's, it, we'll fix it. We'll fix it because looking at that roster last night, there's three new faces from the end of last year, and that's Sebas, uh, Steris, and Clark. That's really it. The team that, that has been performing the best is only three players different than last year, which is scary. But at the same time, we know Kenyones is a talent, and we know that there's other guys coming. Brooklyn Reigns as well. Man of the match, I got Steve Clark. Eric, who do you got? Uh, yeah, I think I probably would have to agree with you right there. Coco did a great job, but yeah, Steve Steve Clark is just he just keeps us in the games more often than not. But you could have thrown you could have thrown a you know Parker was having a good game as well. Give give him a little bit of credit, but. You know, even Stairs was having a, a pretty good game. So, you know, give give it give it to James Stairs. Give it to Stairs. He gets the goal. He played well in defense. That's the man of the match. Stairs with that deft flick into the bottom corner of the net. <laughs> hey, nimble, it wasn't man. going in. So I'm glad he made it. I'm glad he made it. If he did it on purpose or not. And laid it off to Seabus, Seabass, and then he uh, just definitely poked it in with the toe of his boot. Joey, who do you got for man of the match? I think I know um, yours. It's probably Sarah's, but I had to give an honorable mention to both Vera, Coco, and Steve Clark. It's a good choice. I thought Vera was, Vera was phenomenal. I thought he shut down Ruznek. Yeah, their, their offensive weapons better. were quiet. Ruznek was very, very quiet. Jordan Morris is a cunt. I mean, can we all agree on that? <laughs> yeah, Fallon Jonqua. Like I, I don't know why, but I have a soft spot for Sam. When I watched him go in, I was like, "That motherfucker!" Like he went in, forearm up, like he knew what he was doing. I wish he'd have smashed his fucking face up and been knocked out of the game. Like he went in aggressively, and you just don't do that to Sam. If you're gonna go at Sam, you gotta you gotta come at his face so he can see it coming. We don't have many questions tonight, guys. We only got three listener questions. First one comes in from my old friend and OSG's new friend, the ball is around Montreal. And they say, how important is Coco Karaskia hey, hey, hey. in the rebuilding of your roster? Eric, how important is Coco 
in our rebuild? Well, I I, I think we 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 showed it uh, whenever they announced that we were re-signing him and he's sticking around. We're not giving him back up on his loan, and I, I think he is an important piece of that that rebuilding process that we're or the project that we're working on right now with Hector Carrera, the other piece, and then they'll they'll figure out who that that third that Cam midfielder is but I, I think he's just he's a huge necessity and uh he's he's been very consistent and he gets he's 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 getting a lot of playing time so yeah i think he's very important for coco to, to maintain his form and just keep going out there and pushing because he's a he, he is one of the mainstays here for us Shelby stats what about you how important is coco to what's going on here in houston extremely important he when he plays well, the team usually plays pretty well too. So here's my issue: is he has no chemistry with Her- with Herrera at all, and he honestly looks pretty terrible with Her- Herrera's there. And I think he looks twice the player when Vera's alongside of him. I don't really know why that is, but they need to figure it out because if if they can't form a partnership, probably gonna have to just pick one or the other going forward. And I pick Coco honestly because he's younger. Ooh. But Coco over Vera, that's what you're saying. Oh, no, over Herrera. Oh, I, no way would I pick not right now, maybe in two years. So, if before you, we even have to get that far, those two guys will find out how to get together. Herrera's yeah. only played what six games so far. And I don't even think Coco was in all six of those to begin with. Paulo's they, gonna figure it out. The if they if they don't figure it out, though, we're, we're kind of screwed. Right. It will. I mean, I think we've done a lot of like pass the ball to the Mexican guy. Like, just give the ball to him. It's what it seems like, and it's kind of taken the team aspect out of it. However, if you can find a way to integrate him into the team, now instead of just looking for him and forcing passes, you've got a guy who's receiving the ball in space, who's receiving the ball in a good area with time to turn around, and it's going to create a lot more. I don't, they'll figure it out. Paulo, Paulo's got it. I have faith in my manager. I, I sure hope they do. But if they don't, I mean, Coco goes. You can get another Coco. We can get a Coco oh, pretty easy. On. Yeah, we can. We can get a Coco pretty so. easy. How often have we gotten a Herrera? You know, guys um, like Coco. Namesake, namesake, no. But yeah. talent-wise, probably talent. not either. But performance-wise, he hasn't even been better than Vera. But I'm not going to hate on him too much because he's new to the team. So I'm going to let him adapt. Yeah, I do. But think he hasn't he, been good. He's not been what we expected. No, I'm no. gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm not gonna judge him till into next season. I think he'll be all right. I think he will be fine. All right, Poopas. Is, is Nagamore the coach? Is Nagamore the coach to to bench uh, Herrera if we're having connectability and chemistry problems with Coco and Hector Herrera on the field of Santa? I don't. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think. So. I don't think. I don't think any coach in MLS, save maybe Schmetz, especially a new coach. Yeah. No. He doesn't got the he doesn't got the name. He's got the pole, man. I, I would say especially a new coach would be a reason why he could get away with bitching Hector Herrera if the chemistry's not working and Coco's doing now, better. If it was Wayne Rooney, I, I do not suggest doing it. Wayne Rooney could do that shit because he has played at the highest and best level. There's not many coaches that are that are gonna bench a guy like Herrera that have coached this early. Lampard, Gerard, Rooney, guys like or that. Absolutely. Fucking Lutley. But what I'm saying is his his playing pedigree. I'm not familiar. I know Arteta wasn't bad. Where did he play? You know Arsenal, what? No, Everton. 
All right. So small clubs. Uh, <laughs> God, I just fucking always zing them in there. Uh, yeah. If you have the player pedigree, I think at a young age, as a young coach, you can do it. But as Paulo Nagamora telling, you know, Hector Herrera, hey, we're going to bench you because you're just not fitting. If I'm Herrera, I'm like, bro, I was twice the player you are. How do you know how I fit? I can fit anywhere I want in this club. But no. But playing career doesn't always translate. No, I know. But as a player, if you were a professional athlete, you're more likely to listen to a former pro than a guy that never did it. You're more likely to listen to a guy with the pedigree is what I'm saying. Probably. Uh, Jose Marino doesn't seem to have that problem. Yeah, but how many of him are walking around? There's only one, and he's in Roma. Keep him. All right, second question. Poopus. Poopus asks, why don't the Dynamo get local celebrities like Gideon Six, I don't even know who that is, to come to home matches? I think it'll be good marketing for the team. And he says he doesn't have any thoughts on current performances. It's always the same. Well, first of all, I don't know who Gideon J J Jideon. I don't know who that is. Uh, I think I it's either. Yeah, do you know who that is, Eric? Gideon six. No. I don't know. We live in different worlds. Alec. Yeah, I don't know who uh, that dude is either, JD or whatever. But what I mean, I don't know the Houston marketing. Very <laughs> much. Had a phone call trying to interrupt, so I don't know if you actually asked a question or if we were just answering the, no, the we're just, question. We're going over Poopus. Poopus's question, man. Yeah. If you're the Dynamo, you have to protect your brand. You have to be careful of who you bring in. You don't know what their social media looks like. You don't know some of the. You have to vet them like hundred percent. And I think that they've started to right. do a good job of bringing players back. Like they had Callan, somebody there. Chabala was there. Uh, it's been a lot of guys there. They are getting people back, but I mean, was the first one you said? Kalen uh, Carr. Kalen Carr. Kalen Carr. Okay. He was there last game. Yeah. And then your cousin was there. Did you hear yep. about my conversation with him? No. Oh, well, Invite me. No, you got to go back and listen to the episode. <laughs> he, he got LAFC. Out. Oh, it was LAFC. the LAFC one? Yeah, he did. He man. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you real quick. I told my, like, I saw Mike down there and I was like, ah, oh, there's Mike. I should say hi. Then I was like, wait a minute. I haven't, I haven't emailed him back about helping him start a podcast and like do other stuff with him. It's like, nah. But then I told my son and my son, when we got down, he was still there, like taking pictures. He was like, dad, go talk to him. So I did. And then like a minute in, he's like, oh yeah. Hey man, we need to hook up and do the podcast and get that stuff going. I was like, oh, totally. And then I had to lie to your cousin about why, why I didn't, I mean, I was like, <laughs> I had a rough, dude, look. I didn't have a rough summer, but I was just lazy and it went quick. So, yeah, that was cool. But uh, I think we've done a better job of bringing local celebs. Like uh, they have Lil Flip. Lil Flip is going to play a fucking, he's going to put it down after the sport in KC. I'm excited for that. They've had Bun B there. Uh, Mike Jones does the song. I'm sure Paul Walls made Twitter references and whatnot, but I think they do. I just, I don't know who this guy is. What do y'all think? You think the, the marketing's been better this year? I, yeah, of course, bringing, like you said, bringing the players in. And I, I don't know if Kupas is like talking about getting a halftime freaking uh, show someone to perform or maybe an after the concert or something. I, 
not sure what he's doing to but or what we even need these people for besides our regular <clears throat> very prolific Houston ones but I, I'm not sure I just but I think like you said there's they're marketing out they're getting old old players to come back to the stadium and show their face and so it'll probably grow from there but yeah if y'all sure could pick if you could really pick wants. one hey if you could pick one Houston celebrity to come to a game and perform one song who would you pick Eric oh wow I'm picking uh, Beyonce and I wanted to do Survivor with Destiny's Child and wear the outfits the jungle outfits with motion. the spears <laughs> BK can come down here anytime she wants <laughs> Anytime she wants. I love I love me some sure. mm. I think Joey loves her too. Hell yeah. Who doesn't? Man? Who doesn't I, like Beyonce? For real. <laughs> like if if as a man and you're not you're not Jay-Z, you're not Puff Daddy, you're not somebody of equal stature, right? As a regular dude, if you're not like, you know what, I might punch a child to just like do anything with Beyonce, you're not normal. And I don't mean like a, a little child. I mean like one that you wouldn't hurt it too bad, like a 12-year-old. You know, stomach, not the face. You don't want to break any bones. But yeah. I mean, Joe, who do you who do you think? I know you're a New Mexico boy with, with Walter White and Jesse Pinkman out there. Did you find the statue? That was your mission? <laughs> no, I haven't. God damn it. Joey. Joey. <laughs> Gotta remind me. I just did selfie with walter and jesse uh who would you bring like who's she's too big for the dynamo that's that's not realistic but i mean if you could who's the biggest houston celeb to come out and support the team oh let's get let's get brian shing and Dwayne de rosario to do a number for us like put them in the the lineup get the two boys back i'd be okay oh no no they're gonna perform for us i want them to sing dude i'd be okay if they like put them on the bench at this point, like we, oh, we dude, know, I would do it. Rosario, he's definitely got magic in his feet still. We know they can score. You give De Rosario a free kick, he's banging it. Oh, yeah, just like uh, James Ward Prowse. I'm sure right. Brad Davis could too. All right, this last one, this last question comes from Matt Jordan ESQ. What's ESQ? Esquire. I think so. Matt Jordan? It says Matt Jordan ESQ. Matt Matt Jordan-esque? Matt Jordan-esque? Matt Jordan's burner? Maybe. It's got to be. Okay. He says MFK, Ted Siegel, Pat Onstead, Naga. MFK. Mary Fuck. Is that Mary Fuck Kill? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, Matt, holding some fucking hard feelings, even though you're over it. Where's he at, Walsall? <laughs> Joey, where's he at? I know Matt. You know where Matt's at right now. Matt oh, Jordan. Jordan. Uh, Wal- was it Walsall? So Walsall. It's some random like lower division uh, English team. I know that. Yeah, they compete with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Michael Haney's team. Probably. I'm gonna go watch that actually it's after a, this. Let's see, where's he at? So this is fucking hilarious considering it's a Matt Jordan burner because I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure if the real Matt Jordan just wants to kill all three of them, uh, actually the real Matt Jordan should want to marry Ted Siegel. He's loaded. So Matt Jordan-esque, Matt Jordan-esque 
Mary Fuck Kill, Siegel on Naga. All right. Ah, oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to marry Siegel. That's easy. He's a billionaire. That's a fucking no-brainer. Exactly. All right. This is going to be bad. I'm going to fuck Naga because I think it'll hurt the least. Onstad's a tall boy. He's like 6'4", 6'3", and Paulo's like 6'. He's like 5'7". I'm a... Uh, yeah. I'm going to sleep with Paulo, and unfortunately, I'm going to have to kill Pat Onstad because I don't want pain in my rectum for an extended period of time. Thanks, Matt jordan You've sent in a question I like. These are the ones I've been waiting for. All right. There's no getting out of it. I answered it, which means everybody has to do it. Joey. God, I'm 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 pretty in line with you, honestly. Like you can't you can't choose anyone else to marry. Ted's got the Ted's got the money, and then Pat Pat, you got me. You got I killed Pat. I mean, he still hasn't put together a great roster for us. You know, he could go. Yeah, we could find another one. We could find another GM, and you know, the fuck Naga. You know, why not? You think Naga makes well, those faces he makes in the post games, like while he's fornicating? <laughs> I think he's like looks confused. Like he rubs his chin. Yeah, he rubs his chin and feels his beard. Yeah. Is that when you look over your back shoulder? Gives you that. Oh yeah. Rub? I'd be like, I'd be like, Paulo, what's wrong? What do you? Why do you look so perplexed? This is a centuries-old practice we're doing here. It's, there's no tactics involved. Just back and forth, buddy. You, you don't have to park the bus now. You can play on the front foot. All right, OSG. What? What about you, man? MFK, Onstad Naga. Yeah, I'm changing it up because, you know, we'll marry it at Onstad. I think me and him are compatible together. And then, of course, it, it, we, we call him Daddy Ted for a reason. So, so Daddy Ted right there. And then I'm killing Nagamore, which that'll probably feel good for uh, a lot of those uh, Naga out people. Now, hey, if I'm, if I'm a woman, I'm going to answer this very differently. You ready for this? I'm going to marry Onstad as a woman because he is the tallest because I'm a slut. I'm going to fuck Siegel, but I'm not going to take my birth control that day. So I can still reap the benefits of him being a billionaire and not have to put up with him every day. And then I'm just going to kill Naga because I'm a woman and I don't care about sports. There we go. Good answer. I mean, if you ask any woman I've ever married, Make sure the like, yeah. because Nagamore and, and Ted Siegel are about the same height and build. So make sure the lights are up. Yeah, but Nagamore is in really good shape. He's probably got like good stamina. Like for sure. Like, you know, yeah, I don't want him. And he's and he's been at the high levels. He's probably seen some birds. He's probably had him some action. He's well versed. Ted was born into money. I'm sure that he had women, but he was probably, you know, with, with girlfriends, they probably wasn't like sleeping around. Ted strikes me as a, uh, I have a girl. He's the kind of guy I think that would have a girlfriend that's so Catholic. She only does anal. You heard about these ones? <laughs> no. Have you ever had a friend that's had this? I've had a friend that did this no. happen too. You've never had a friend whose girlfriend was so religious that she wouldn't put it in her hoo-ha. She'd only give it up the butt. Nobody's no. ever Eric, you've never had this in forty-five years. No friends that have done this. No, I've, I've 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 heard of it, but never never come across it. Holy shit, dude! One of my buddies in college, he told me this, and he was complaining, and I was like, "Why are you complaining? You're still getting to put it somewhere. Like it's just is it is that really where you, that could, that could produce a child? 
that hole comes with consequences. The other hole has zero. There's nothing that can really go wrong other than STDs or STIs. You can't get her pregnant that way. Yeah. No, it's a thing. That was weird, man. When he told me, I was like, wait a minute. And I was still like, I immediately thought his girlfriend was cooler. Like I did. I was immediately like, oh, fuck yeah. She's cool. I like her. I want to talk to her alone sometime. But uh, what a weird She found her way around sin. Yeah. She out fucking thought God. She was like, you know what, God? I see what you've done here and I'm going to listen. Check this out. There's a technicality and God's up there like, it's right. You were always going to be a lawyer. You're always going to be an attorney. Oh, well, boys, we've uh, we've about reached the end. That is the end of the show. We're excited. It was that bad, huh? <laughs> that bad, everybody's like, fuck yeah, I get to go back to my normal Sunday. Monday, it's Monday, shit. It is Monday, yeah. Oh, it's Monday. Dang it. So, Eric, I know that you do, uh, you, you dabble in the podcast world. You've, you've stuck your toe in the waters, don't you? A little bit. Why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can find you at? Old soccer guy, of course, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, with Dynalytics on Twitter, at Dynalytics underscore. And, yeah, we just did episode 41 this morning, the Hustle Town Roundup. And had the Somos Network, a few of the guys from the Somos Network on to chat it up with us and yeah, move on. And then, of course, the Twitter space with Barlone and Pupas uh, was uh, last night. Went over shoot, a little bit past midnight. Kind of, it's very tiring. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that when I woke show, up. <laughs> show must go on. Like these they, guys. It's to, too late. Yeah, but I guess they, they you know, had to do it. Had to do it. But, you know, credit to them for doing it, getting out there. They they usually have Victor Horizon on. Last night they had Alex Parr as well. So. But yeah, man, old soccer guy and analytics underscore. That's that's where you can find me. Yeah, I uh, I saw y'all had done one last night. I was dude, I was in bed, like I was I was watching Shameless. I was shamelessly watching Shameless in bed, and uh, episode forty one. Shit, this will be number forty eight for me. And I took a week off. It's almost over, man. We got got a little bit. It slows down. But, five games left. Is it five or six? Six games left. Six? No, it's five. 34. We play 34 games, right? Let's say we have Kansas City and New England at home and then Galaxy at oh, home, yeah. too. And then there's what, You're Nashville right. and L.A.? Yep. Yeah, it's five. It's over, man. It's Playoffs are over. But uh, Joey, oh, sure. Joey, do, do you want to tell the people where they can where they can find you? I, actually, you know what? I copied that line from Dynamo Theory. They say, tell the people where they can find us. I just ripped you guys off. You hear that, Rodrigo and Christian? <laughs> fucking stole from you how does it feel <laughs> joey where can we find you at is it is it hey, find me on find me on twitter at joe chabal 10 just tweeting about the dynamo that's all you're gonna get from me it's not true you'll get arsenal stuff too guys oh uh, you're right you're right you're right so if you follow tottenham just I, uh, I, I haven't been tweeting about arsenal much lately well, i mean they just got slapped by man i saw that coming man I was telling oh, Eric I did before too. you got on, uh, they're going to beat. I have no doubt Arsenal can beat 13 of the teams week in and week out. But there's six of them that I'm like. I, I was not confident in that game. And man, you have been hot. They have been. Dude, Rashford looks like a different animal this year. 
and you got OSG likes fucking Erling Holland made in FIFA 99 everything on Man City. He's just <laughs> dude, he's 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 broken. It's I, I okay. Here's what I think about Holland. I think 100. percent I think this year he's probably going to break the single season goal scoring record. I really think he will. If not this year, very soon. Unless he gets hurt. But I don't That's think the only way it's not going to happen. I don't think he's going to break. But I don't think he's going to break the all time record. I don't because as young as he is, when he's 26 or 27 and he's in his prime, there's a place called Real Madrid where all the big guys go. And uh, you've seen that City are not afraid to sell. They've actually done, they've actually turned profits, which I think they're fucking lying. I think they're lying, but uh, they've turned profits, and I, I think you'll see him leave and go there. Oh my god! Or I could see PSG. They got money too, oh, but they're Barca. not Madrid. Yeah, that's the only way. It could be Barcelona when Lewandowski's gone. Part of me thinks that he'll break it's down. It's gonna at be some a good point. five years before he's going anywhere. Yeah, well, he's not gonna break it in five. It's 260 I mean, right now. And look how, how long a grow went with City. So he could stick around and just score goals forever. Yep, I feel like he'll probably end up with around the same as Henri. So you're thinking, uh, who do you think is going to hold the record here in a couple of years? You think it's going to get broken? No, I don't think it will. You don't think Kane's going to break it? I don't. I, I think he'll come very close. I think he can do it. Tottenham will make sure he does, man. Spurs will make sure it happens. If he's 34 and he's close, they'll keep playing him. I hope he does. Anyway, guys, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. It's been a long time since I've had two of y'all on my show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Joey's like, Joey's a regular here. Joey's here very often. He has you're a- not paying rent yet, Joey. You know, he hasn't he hasn't asked me like, yeah, he hasn't asked me for financial compensation yet. Where's, where's my cut? Bro, I'm like a Vietnamese sweatshop owner. You don't get paid. <laughs> I'm like Kathy Lee Gifford back in the 90s. You know, people get mad at her, but that, everybody fucking does that. Stop, pay the kids more. Pay the kids more and we'll stop sending the jobs over there. How about that? Send your money there instead of uh, wherever, wherever we send it. Okay, anyway, not, don't want to get into politics. All right, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in. This has been the Houston Dynapod podcast. And as always, go Dynamo. Albert Valise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right. Valise with the assist. My favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool-ass people.